0: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear. I'm the host of Refuge Freedom Stories, and today I'm with a great guy. I hear he's great, and I, you <laughs> know, I've gotten to know you a little bit, haven't I, Richard? A little bit, absolutely. Yeah. We know each other like brothers then. Yes. You pronounce your last name Micklewin? Micklewin. You said it just like a Russian. Wow. <laughs> I know you're Scottish. <laughs> Richard Micklewin. Good. Yeah. So Richard, I've been studying your bio a little bit and reading up on you and see that you have a radio background from Toronto area and Chelm FM and a few different stations. Yeah, Chum FM, Q107,
1: CFNY, some of the heavier, bigger radio stations, actually the biggest radio stations in the country. Toronto's the yes. largest market in the country. If you get to be on the number one, two, or three radio stations, you've reached the pinnacle. Well, yes. David, I reached the pinnacle. There's no other place to go except straight down or to America. And unfortunately, I went straight down. <laughs> well it
0: says well, 1997 there were some major adjustments but how did you get there
1: well you know quite literally the radio industry the the artist industry music video movies arts theater everything is directed by a spirit of entitlement in a way uh, egos become big things happen but anyway It's almost like you have a license to do drugs. You have a license if you're in the industry to party hardy and to be envious. People want to be envious because you're in there drinking beer with Van Morrison or you're (laughs) snorting cocaine with somebody else. So anyway, there seems to be a license. And I got caught up in that. I wanted to leave my mark in the world when I was quite young. We were talking earlier about when I was 11, 12 years old, a very good friend who was originally from Scotland. His mother came back from a visit, brought the very first Beatles album, and we had it way before Jack Parr played it on The Tonight Show, way before anybody else heard it, and it literally blew me away. I said to myself at 11 years old that this is going to change the world. Mm. From that point on, I knew I wanted to be involved. So I basically lied my way into my first job, which was at uh, CHOK in Sarnia. Uh, everything they said to me, I said, I did. They said, have you ever written before? I said, oh, absolutely. They said, have you ever typed? I said, oh, I typed so fast that smoke comes out of the keyboard. <laughs> they said, have you got a car? I said, yeah. I didn't have any of it. Ever wrote commercials before? I said, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so i made it down to sarnia when i was just out of college and they hired they said to me okay did you bring your commercials so we could listen to them?" and i said unfortunately due to unforeseen circumstances they've tragically been lost yes so they gave me a piece of paper they said write a commercial about a funeral home i wrote the commercial they were impressed they hired me a number of months later they put me in charge of the department head of the copy department of a radio station, Sarnia, gave me my own radio show. I had quite a bit of uh, opportunity, and from that opportunity, I went ahead and pursued a career. For some reason, I was able to open doors that I didn't think would open. I've been a teacher for writing for radio at Humber College. I've taught radio sales at Mohawk College. I worked at Chum FM when Chum FM became the number one radio station in the country. Like I said before, if you are in the top market, Toronto, and you're at the number one station, you're at the pinnacle. I was there when Q107 started in 1977. I was the very first writer they hired as a copy director. And I got to tell you, a rock and roll radio station, first time in the Toronto market, 14 years, and all the concerts that were going on at Maple Leaf Gardens and Massey Hall and all the bars and all the clubs, I was part of that. I enjoyed it. You know, the Bible says that sin is pleasurable, and it leads to death. Sin is pleasurable, there is a season, and then it leads to death. Yes. And you know, and I know, and anybody honestly listening knows that sin is pleasurable. Mm -hmm. It leads you down road you shouldn't go, and sexually, and economically, and mentally, and spiritually— you go in areas you should have never have gone into, but with, without the knowledge of the Lord, you're just living in the world. And we know that who, who, who has the principality of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you fall down that path. And I did. So I spent well over 20 years in the radio industry, becoming successful, smoking marijuana, drinking, doing all the things, partying with everybody, going home at four in the morning, getting up and going to work. And When I got to Chum FM, I was a salesman. And salesmen are high motivators, high movers. Uh, mm-hmm. They move in the, in the circles that uh, some other people don't. They're sort of anathema in radio. You know, like when you see a salesman, it's not one of the guys because he's bringing you work and he's making too much money. He's wearing thousand dollar suits, and mm-hmm. he's driving brand new cars and you're struggling. But there's an opportunity to meet everybody, record reps, radio reps, musicians. You know, you start doing cocaine and that's what I did. So got caught up in sex and drugs and rock and roll. The season that ended for me was 20 years. So David, I was able to successfully do drugs and rise into an area that I loved. I was loving everything about it, but I got caught up and it led to death. The death was a quick down road spiral. When I blew up my nose, snorting cocaine, I couldn't really do that anymore. So I started to smoke crack. Anybody who knows, uh, if you start smoking crack, you're on the down road and you're not coming back. I wound up with a $500 a day habit, and I lost everything I own. You know, there's a really great passage in the book of Proverbs. Uh, let me just direct you to it. It's actually Proverbs 23. And even though it's talking about wine, it's an allegory to se- sex, allegory to drugs, allegory to power, money, whatever you're addicted to. Mm-hmm. So the, in Proverbs 23, says, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contention, who has complaints, who has wounds without cause, and who has redness of eyes? Well, those who linger long at the wine or drug, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it's red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a viper, and it stings like a serpent. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. You will be one like who lies down on the mast of the sea, and at the top of the mast saying, they have struck me, but I am not hurt. They have beaten me, but I don't feel it. When will I awake so that I can have another drink? Wow when will I awake so I can have another drink? Well, that was me. Eventually, like I say, a $500 a day crack cocaine habit. just took everything. I lost my job. I lost all my money. I had uh, built up an RRSPs and Mm -hmm. had an investment portfolio. I had a fully paid for luxury condominium at Dundas in Islington in Toronto, Mm -hmm. and I lost everything. Yeah. I came to go to a church. I wound up going to a church and uh, arguing with the pastor because I had searched through the scriptures and the Quran and the uh, Eastern mysticism. I looked at all the different opportunities and uh, I couldn't accept any of them. And I didn't know anything, but I, I had a small bit of knowledge, which makes me dangerous. <laughs> I had a <laughs> lot of knowledge, which I do now. I know I shouldn't be uh, doing that, but I did have a chance to go to a church. Pastor was praying for me. He sent me to Narcotics Anonymous and understanding that I had trouble with that. It's a good program. Mm -hmm. I recommend uh, AANA. I recommend any of the Salvation Army, any men's mission, any program. If you're struggling, any program you can get into, get into it. It's so hard to do it on your own. I don't know anybody who's done it on their own. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, all right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, If you're a he-man and think you can do it, eventually chances are you're going to get beat up Mm -hmm. by the devil, by demonic spirits, and by falling back into it. So look for a program. Well, he told me about NA. I couldn't really deal with NA because every time I went to those meetings, they talked about drugs. I'm struggling today with crack cocaine Mm -hmm. or, you know, I haven't used in two weeks. And, you know, I would be one day clean. And I would come out of there and, oh, Man, if I had any money at all, I went black bought crack.
0: I bought a Yeah, well, triggers.
1: I just couldn't handle it, so eventually broken. I mean, literally broken. Wayne Fonders, a friend of mine, a best man at my wedding, worked Teen Challenge. You may have met him or interviewed him already, I know. He says I was the most pitiful man that he ever brought in the Teen Challenge. Hmm. What happened was I literally spiraled down to where I had nothing. I lost the condominium. I had to move out. I was in a, a small apartment with a notice on the door that I was being evicted because I wasn't paying the rent. You know, I was on a sweat stained dirty bed. I hadn't had, sh- you know, I had a, I used to have a bucket beside my bed that I used to throw up into all the time. Mm-hmm. This is from making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year wearing $1,000 suits that I had handmade for me by a guy who came to my office, brand new cars, world-class travel, down to a point where I'm literally broken. And I needed to be broken. I have such pride. And that's the main, uh, that's the main sin that we all have. But I had much pride. I did it all on my own, on my knees in this apartment. And I said, God, you know, if the hell's angels came through that door right now and ordered down my knees, I wouldn't get down. And you know, if a SWAT team came in with tasers and shields and batons and screaming at me to get down on the floor, down on your knees, you know, I won't do it. God, I'm down on my knees today. I can't do it. I literally said to God, if you're real, I want you to let me die tonight. Let me die tonight. And I didn't. So the next day I got up, I was still addicted. I was cursing God because nothing changed. But honestly, I go to that day as the day that I was saved. Mm. You literally have to die to yourself. And by faith, you have to accept Jesus. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe on your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you are saved. Amen. I literally said, I don't want to get up. I want to die. Miracle started to happen. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, from the time I did that, a short period of time, it was a very bad struggle. Again, Wayne says I was the most pitiful man he ever brought in. It didn't get better. It got worse until I actually literally had nothing. And at that pastor's behest, he drove me to a facility called Teen Challenge in my late 40s. I did not want to go. It sounded like the cult. I'm not 40 years old or I'm well after 48 or 49. I don't have time. I've got a career that I just lost. I've got to get back to it. Young people are coming up behind me. They're going to steal it. I don't have time. You know, we all the excuses you could possibly have this pastor. Pastor Tom took me to Teen Challenge in the middle of the winter, and he had one windshield wiper that didn't work, and we had to stop all the time on the highway to clean off the windshield. got me there, had an interview. They accepted me. I went home and spent the next three weeks in utter agony trying to get in there, crying all the time, ready to die. Mm -hmm. I finally got into Teen Challenge, and I have to tell you, my life changed. I'm encouraging people that if you're struggling to get into a program, I happen to believe strongly in Teen Challenge. It's a 52-week residential program. I spent an entire year learning and being discipled about Jesus. Best thing that ever happened. A 52-week program means that you've got to go through Easter alone in a program with 50 other men. Uh, You got to go through your birthday, you know, your mom's birthday, your Christmas. You're in a program. Well, I learned so much. I. Dove into Jesus as hung on as hard as I could. He literally started to perform miracles in my life. While I was at Teen Challenge, uh, there was a period of time uh, when I was coming down off of there that I started to cough up blood. And I coughed up enough blood that they had to take my bedding out, my mattress and my stuff, and they had to burn it. And they took me to the hospital and they performed some tests on me. And one of the doctors came by and said, you know, you've got some spots on your lungs. While he was telling me that, I was laying in a bed starting to feel peace. I can't explain it. And I just started to feel, okay, I think the guy just told me I have cancer. <laughs> I think I just blew my whole life. I got nothing. And I guess I'm going to die. So somebody from Teen Challenge showed up, one of the staff members, because you weren't allowed to be alone outside of the program because you could possibly use. And he, he came and said, hey, they're praying for you like crazy. He said, I said, John, you know, I, f- I feel at peace. I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm okay. I, I don't care. You know, like, uh, I'm glad I'm saved, and I, I got everything to look forward to when I get to heaven. They took me back to Teen Challenge. A couple of days later, they prayed for me. They put some oil on my head. They anointed me. I went back for an MRI, a bit more detailed test. There's nothing on my lung. The very first person I ever told about Jesus was a doctor, and it was mm-hmm. the doctor who said, there's nothing on your lung. <laughs> he sent me downstairs, he said, we're going to measure your lungs, we're going to blow into big balloons, and we're going to, you know, trust the volume and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I smoked cigarettes for over 30 years. I smoked marijuana every single day, multi times a day. I smoked $500 worth of crack cocaine every day for years and years and years. I did this lung test, and the guy looked at me and he said, your lungs are almost 100%. Wow. I went, What? He said, your lungs are great. Your lungs are oh, yeah. I said, let me tell you about Jesus. So yeah. <laughs> first, first two people I ever told about Jesus from a perspective of evangelizing. Yes. God. So like I said, I had literally God performed miracles in my life. Money showing up. I was going to get married. Uh, years later, I graduated the program. I stayed on staff. Uh, met a beautiful Christian lady, got engaged, uh, about to be married. Money started to appear out of nowhere, cash in an envelope in my mailbox, well wow. to pay off a uh, uh, pay off a credit card I'd had, and enough to buy a suit. And I got married. God just blessed me immensely. You know, my uh, my sister gave me a car. I needed a car. Uh, while I was at Teen Challenge so I can get a job uh, later in a radio station. My my sister just showed up and gave me a car. So I want to encourage people that there is a victory in Jesus over anything that's happening in your life. Mine happened to be my pride, my intellectual ability that I relied on, and my addiction to drugs. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're going through, whether it's health, spiritual problems, financial problems, Jesus is the cornerstone. If you hang on to him, it will always get better. All things work for good for those of us in Christ Jesus. We can't see the good. Well, we're human. We're on a, you know, we we think inside a little box, which is our head. God is bigger than that. David, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity you've given me to share that. I hope it's been an encouragement I must say, I got the Teen Challenge in a weird way. I was a crack cocaine addict. And as you know, cocaine is a stimulant, a b- big stimulant. You know, you sweat, you uh, you want to, your heart pumps, you want to move building. Hey, let's let's go out and move the barn over 15 yes. feet. Well, I gained weight. At the time I was at Teen Challenge, I weighed 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. I could only get weighed by going to a hospital in Strathroy and getting on a scale that they used to measure garbage when they used to feed the pigs what was ever left over. Wow. The yeah. only scale in London that could weigh me, it went to 500 pounds. When I got on it, it went over to the end. I say I weigh 500 pounds. I could have weighed 501 pounds or I could have yeah. weighed Mm -hmm. and because of that the only reason i mention that now is because i was a big man and my parents when i was 12 years old i was six feet tall i weighed 200 pounds i never got hugs i never got i had my hand was shaken. hey and i was expected to be an adult so one of the psalms that really struck me and really i hold on to to this day is psalm 18. let me just say i've memorized it because that's what teen challenge has has taught me to do Let me just read it, because when you're doing the Word of God, I want it to be, the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, able to penetrate between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, to reveal the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. But God gave me Psalm 18. He reached down from on high, and he took a hold of man, I weigh 500 pounds. Only, you know, God just reached down easily, and picked me up and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep water, out of many deep waters, drug addiction, sexual addiction, pride, anger. He drew me out of those waters. He delivered me from a strong enemy. Crack cocaine is one of the major addictions in the world that is so hard to get off of. Mm-hmm. For those who hated me, for those who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. For me, that was being challenged, a 40-acre farm. But he'll take you out of that little box you're living in, and he'll put you in a spacious place. And then it says, and this is what I grabbed, he delivered me because he delights in me. God delights in you. God, David, God delights in you. People, God delights in you. There's a scripture that God sings over you. Can you imagine the God of the universe wow. singing over you? Mm-hmm. So hopefully I've encouraged anybody who's been listening. You know, the Bible says that we overcome by the sharing of our testimony, the power of the blood. So sharing our testimony and speaking out loud the words of God has been the best thing that we can do. And I'm encouraged by your show. I'm encouraged by your heart. I I understand what you've done. You work with the homeless. You work with people on the streets. You, You can't beat that. Those are people that are in special needs. You know, as you know, I go to prisons and penitentiaries, jails and stuff like that and street missions with the street band. It's a band called the Street Band. Former drug addicts who went to Teen Challenge, who have formed a a friendship and a bond and a a family and we, uh, we go and play music where we can. And So I'm encouraged by, uh, by you allowing me to do this and uh, I just uh, wish everybody well as well.
0: Well, thank you so much, Richard, Rick. I like to tell you if that's okay, you know, you're an inspiration to me. And to many. And I know that today I believe in my spirit and I've seen it, especially with your story. There's someone out there who is going to say, that's me, you know, and maybe their situation is a little bit different. It doesn't matter what you're telling people today is life giving. What you've said is like you said, the word of God does not return void. It is two-edged sword it cuts to the bone and marrow and it's it's going to reach the holy spirit is going to reach right into your heart today as you listen you might say what's happening here what am i feeling just like rick did and and maybe you'll feel some peace because god is surrounding you and all you have to do is identify with him and say i believe in you i believe in jesus christ i believe you're the risen savior i believe you died for my sins And here I am. Take me as I am and take me and shape me and mold me. I'm yours. And he will. Thanks, Rick, for being with us today on Refuge Freedom Story. David, good word and good encouragement. Amen, bro. You
1: know, one time I had it all. I had a high paying job in the Toronto radio industry, fully paid for condominium. RRSPs, investment portfolio, $1,000 suits, 15-year relationship. I had VIP treatment at the clubs, backstage passes to all the concerts. But the one thing I didn't have, that was the sense not to smoke crack cocaine. Crack cocaine caused me to lose it all. I lost my money, I lost my job, I almost lost my mind. You know, if you're going to use, you're going to lose.
2: We were going to go back again. I never really felt good about it, but we went anyway. My friend went in and Chubby got in and got shot five times. You know, but that didn't stop me. A lifetime of crime and drugs cost me a lifetime of hurts and failures. But like my friend Chubby, it could cost you your life. A few friends of mine were playing in a band that night at a bar. James and I decided to go check them out at about midnight. Afterwards, we all went back to Rob's for a little get-together. Seemed innocent enough. A few good old friends, some girls sitting around having a party. But by 10 the next morning, the three of us who were left had killed a 60-ouncer of vodka and a case of beer. On my way home, drunk and high, I fell asleep and I got into an accident. My car was totaled. The van was a write-off. But worse than that, I could have written someone else off. If you think that you can drink and drive, you're in for the ride of your life.
3: She wears a dress to hide her shame. She gladly.
2: We had been drinking and doing drugs all day. The last thing I remembered was sitting around a table with a bunch of friends about 8 o'clock at night. The next thing I remembered was at 2.30 in the morning, I had apparently just finished dropping somebody off. I remembered crossing my motorcycle over the yellow line, seeing a bunch of cars. When I pulled back into my lane, I saw a flash of pink, and I got knocked off my bike. The flash of pink was a girl riding her 10-speed bike. My left arm got caught under the handlebars, and a police report said I went for 128 feet, trapped under my bike. You know, I'll never forget seeing all the sparks going over my head. And there was nothing I could do to stop the bike as I was being pulled along. And you know, that was the perfect description of where my life was at. I couldn't stop anymore. I think it was then I finally realized that doing drugs and drinking, it wasn't a joke anymore. The Bible clearly warns against drinking and using drugs. It calls drug use and sorcery, and it tells us that anyone who practices sorcery will not inherit the kingdom of God. It also tells us that drinking will destroy you. We didn't listen to the warnings, and we paid for it. Collectively, we represent years of addiction, and along with it prison, car accidents, mental hospitals, broken relationships, countless brushes with death, lost potential, you name it. These horror stories we've told you, they actually happened to us. We didn't make them up. You really have to ask yourself, is the high you get from drugs and alcohol really worth it? Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before and at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison.
0: I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's
2: 519-701-0108. God bless you.